this reading from Romans. So a couple of weeks ago we began to explore Paul's letter to the church in Rome. A, Rome, a church that he didn't know, but he wanted to introduce himself and explain the heart of the gospel and his understanding of that. And we arrive at chapter 8, where Paul is, is talking about the challenges we face, the weakness that we experience, the, the hardship that we often experience. And I just want to remind you of what Paul had gone through. In that moment, we'll hear how he, he says, you know, what can separate us from God, God's love? Can hardship, can beatings and, and uh, um, persecution and all the rest. And he had experienced that. We remember from the story of Acts that he was shipwrecked. And fortunately, he, he was there to save and, and help others in that great shipwreck off the island of Malta. He was often beaten up, taken to prison. Uh, next slide whipped with rods, he bore the scars of his work for Christ. He often wrote from prison. We'll have the next slide. Yeah. Danger after danger, hardship and sickness, poverty and prison, hunger and thirst, sleepless nights, betrayal and hatred. So if anyone's going to talk about that experience that God's love is there, even in the worst of life, Paul can do so with reality. This is not hypothetical for Paul. He knows it through and through. So let's listen for God's word. And Marion and Martin are going to read this to us. So the reading comes from Romans 8, chapter 26, uh, Romans 8, 26 to 39. I'm going to read the first part and Marion will read the second. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. 
What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This This is is the the word word of of the the Lord. Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. And so a prayer. Great God, you are on our side. You are beside us now. You are working within us by your Spirit. Help us to know that you are on our side and on the side of all humanity and all creation. In Jesus' name, amen. How are you doing out there? How are you doing? It's been going on a long time, hasn't it, this lockdown? And at times we get a bit worn down by it all. A bit stressed out, maybe. A bit tired, a bit dispirited. And I want you to think about those times, perhaps those times when you're kind of brought to your knees. It's all just a little too much. Well, Paul knew those experiences. Paul knew what it meant to be brought to your knees. He was brought to his knees by his own failures and he was brought to his knees by the hatred that sometimes he experienced from others. But it wasn't ever a sign of failure. To be brought to your knees was not for Paul a moment of failure. 
but a moment when he asked for help. In another letter, he speaks about a great thorn, a thorn in the side or a thorn in the flesh. Something that's just there, nagging away. And people wonder whether it was a, a physical illness or was it something emotional or was it his experience of churches? We don't know. But he prayed to God that it would go. Take this thorn away. And then he heard this word from God. My grace, grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is perfected in weakness. You see, faith isn't a magic wand that makes the world all nice and cosy. Our God isn't a Father Christmas figure who just looks after our every whim. Our God is one who is with us in whatever life brings. This messy reality that is this evolving, growing creation with all its ups and downs, all its knocks and its blessings. Paul knew what it meant to be brought to his knees and to ask God to help him at this point of, of total need. And so the passage we read begins by saying that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Perhaps sometimes when we think we've got it all under control, when we feel strong, perhaps we're sometimes going the wrong direction. Paul found that. He was so strong, he was going to destroy this new church, this threat to his way of thinking. And then on the Damascus Road, he was brought to his knees and realised that his strength was the wrong kind of strength. It was a strength of, of violence and hatred and prejudice. And actually the real strength, the real courage, is that love that faces whatever life throws at it. And so the passage carries on to describe how God is on, on our side that is shown in Jesus and above all in the cross and the resurrection. God is on our side. Jesus didn't withhold his life but gave it for us all and was raised to new life. And then it climaxes with this amazing description of the love of God in Jesus. What can separate us from the love of Christ? I guess there's plenty of times when we feel separated from the love of Christ. We feel it. But Paul would say, you might feel it. It might be your emotion. But the reality is that nothing Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. K 
can persecution, can hardship, and all the rest that he lists. He gets to the point where he says, he, he quotes from that psalm, for your sake we face death all day long, we're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. It's a horrific little picture, and we know how humanity sometimes have, has treated others as sheep to be slaughtered. Brings to mind those cattle trucks taking Jewish people to the concentration camps. It reminds me of those sweatshops where people are just being treated as ways of making a profit. We face death all day long. We're considered like sheep to be slaughtered. Paul faced it all. But then, at that very depth, he comes to the point where, no, no, I am convinced that nothing Nothing in life or death, nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hold on to that conviction, come what may. In the joys of this week, in the frustrations of this week to come, in the hardships that you may face, hold on to that love of God. But not only for yourself, but those who are suffering so much in our world. We are the lucky ones, and we need to reach out to those who are being treated in our world like sheep to be slaughtered, ignored, downtrodden, oppressed, and even killed. We think of those persecuted for their faith, whatever that faith may be. We think of those treated unjustly in the interests of money. We love because God first loved us. Take that love home with you, wherever you may be. Take that love and share it. And help others to know that nothing, nothing can separate them from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Amen. We... Uh, don't take a, a physical offering at this time, but we can still support the work of the church and of many other organisations. And I want to mention one or two. What will you offer the Eternal One today? Having celebrated that love of God. What will we do in return?
So let's hear some music as we reflect on how we may respond to that love. Thank you. 